Ethan Johnson. What's up, man? You ready for this stuff? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff. This stuff. Thanks for doing this. Um, I appreciate it. It's going to be a fun ride, let me tell you. Dude, I'm excited. I've listened to a bunch of your episodes. Not all of them. Don't give me that much credit. Okay. But most of them. Which ones, like, which ones haven't you listened to? I don't think I've listened to your parents or your sister or Thane. Okay. So I know which ones I need. <laughs> but not all of them. But Fair I like enough. them, man. I like listening to you talk. Like I told you a while ago, I like hearing you talk. I like to hear your things more, so I hope to get some more out of you this time. But... Right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... So you've listened to it, so you kind of get the idea of what's, what I'm doing here, yeah. which is really, um, what's the word? Am I trying to look for it? It's, it's interesting, and it's kind of, I, as I've done this, it's been eye-opening, and it's been, honestly, it's been a lot of fun, or else I wouldn't keep doing it, but it's been eye-opening to kind of see different stories and backgrounds and gain some information and stuff like that. It's right. really cool. The real cool thing about this, man, is you're going to have stories from your friends and from yourself that you can look back in yeah. later in life and yeah. show your kids show whoever yeah and it's going to be things you're not even going to remember yeah like the damien the damien story yeah. that's the thing that like i've heard the story of damien his quick version of like i had a bad summer like right kind of gist of things but like him getting into it like i didn't realize all that was going on i'm like yeah. holy shit that's yeah. wild he's been through a lot <laughs> he's been through a lot so um how you and I became really, really good friends is kind of an odd. It's not really necessarily odd, but I played basketball mm-hmm. with Matt and Alec. Right. And you were just like, let's see, when I was a senior, no, I you were a freshman. I probably, you're you're next you're next age. So you were a uh, eighth grader, eighth grader when, when I was a senior. senior. Didn't even have high school together. No? And then I never played basketball with you, I never hung out with you, nothing. I just knew you was Alec. And Matt's little brother, that gets all I knew you for through high yeah, school. Yeah. And then one day you just popped up at the luxurious ARS, <laughs> which is weird. like I mentioned to somebody, I forget who it was, but all of my friends at this point are just ex employees of ARS pretty much. Right. Um, and then like you're just chilling in the front office, and I come to the doors and I'm like, hey, man. That was crazy. What's up, dude? And you're like, that was crazy because first I thought you were Nick, man. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Nick. And I was like, wait, that's not Nick. That's his older brother. Yeah. I had no idea you were working there. Lo and behold, I applied for a job there and I got it. And you're the freaking first guy, the first guy that I meet there. And it was crazy that we became friends so fast because I barely knew anything about you. Right. In that first week, we went on a job all the way out to Montpelier, Wyoming together and at the church, at the church, church out yeah. there, and we talked that whole time about all kinds of stuff and i was like dang this kid's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then it kind of progressed from there i remember like we went from just kind of being work friends and then we were playing basketball together mm-hmm. we kind of played basketball here and there with like gemini and them when right. alec was around right and then it's slowly just like as nick filtered in and then damien and then bennett and Isaac and we all started to filter in with one another. Yeah. Then we started playing cards as friends yeah. and like we started hanging out, not just as coworkers, but as at, like legit friends. Yeah. Um, and then you and I, like we would have like just shit talks, like just like shooting the shit. And oh, then sure. there were times where like you're coming over, like we got, I got it. We, and like we're having deep, we were deep talks. So going through some stuff for sure. Man. Yeah. So I, a good guy. that's what I want to kind of talk with you first about, um, is the situation that you were in when we first met. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you care if I name any names, but you were, you were dating a girl. Yeah. Dating, dating Jenna. Dating Jenna down in Ogden. And mm-hmm. really from the outside looking in, you guys were happy and everything was going great. You guys, you know, we're doing a long distance thing. Um, and then you were on just, you were driving back and forth and she'd come up. I think she'd come up every once in a while, but you were, yeah, you were doing a lot of the back and forth and, um, and that's one of the things that, uh, kind of shaped the direction that you were at to where you went now, um, was your whole relationship. So why don't you talk about that a little bit and kind of what that experience was for you. Right, man. So no flack on Jenna because she, I think she deserves a good life as a good person, but 
our relationship, it was, it was felt pretty one-sided once I was looking back at it after it was over. It felt not that she wasn't putting effort in, but I felt like I was putting in way more than I was getting out. And that was hard, but it's not something I was seeing until after the fact. And I was just much like how I think of your brother. When I think of his relationships, he's the same kind of guy as me where we both love hard, commit hard, fall hard and get blind. Even when like, it's good, when it's bad, we're just, we're just in it no matter what, you know, it doesn't matter. And I was all about it. I was, I thought I was happy. I thought I was happy. Everyone constantly asked me if I was, and I thought I was, I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm happy. And then it just started trickling down. Things just started breaking off the wall, you know, piece by piece. And eventually I was like, I'm not happy anymore. I'm driving all the way down there almost every weekend or driving to Evanston when she's in Evanston almost every weekend, putting in all this effort. And then I feel like I get nothing when I'm there half the time. Like it's like, I'm just there and she's doing whatever. I'm just there. Did you, did you have to come to that self-realization alone? Um, or were there outside things? There were outside things that I feel like I ignored. Okay. So Seth McDonald, yep. he was very supportive of me, but it was very clear. His opinion of her wasn't the highest. The highest right. And he would mention things to me like, why, why'd you let her do that? Why'd you let her say that? Why'd you do that for her when you didn't get anything? And I'd be like, oh, cause I love her. It's whatever. It's fine. And eventually I started thinking about it and I was like, it's been years of maybe not the greatest things that I'm getting back out of what I feel like I'm putting in. Right. Which I think that might've just been our particular situation, me and her, where things were like that. But then there were things like my family. I started noticing that her relationship with my family members changed drastically from when we were first together versus the last few months of us being together. Uh Her opinions of them went down drastically. The things she was starting to say about some of them, I was like, I don't, I'm not okay with this. I'm not comfortable with this. Right. And so things started happening like that where I was like, maybe this isn't the best situation for me to be in. But because I was so in love with her and I cared about her so much, which I care, I feel like I care about everyone so much, but I really cared about her a lot. I was like, I'm not just going to give up. And then that last night that we were together, when I went to visit her after coming home from Evanston, I was coming home, stopped and I went to visit her. That was in Houston. That was a little bit after Houston. That was like like two weeks after we'd gone to Houston. And honestly, even before I went to visit her, I stopped at Seth's house on the way out of Evanston. I was like, dude, I'm having the hardest time with this right now. I'm not happy and I want to be. And so I was like, I'm going to go talk to her. And he was like, do what you got to do, but do it for yourself. Yeah. And so I went down there and I told her, I said, hey, I don't want to quit on this. I don't want to quit on anyone, but I'm not happy. I've said I am and I realize I'm not. And I feel like the only thing that's going to change that is either to be here with you and we're making things work and we're working for it for each other. Now being being Ogden. Being Ogden. Or I need to move on because I am not happy and I'm hung up and I'm trying to do good for myself right now and this isn't good for me. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I said, I want to move here, be with you. We'll do what it takes no matter what it takes. I would get a second job if we had to, to like pay for somewhere for us to live because she was doing full-time school, right? like whatever it took basically. And she had said she didn't want to do that because she wanted her parents to continue paying for her college. And she felt that if she had me there, her parents would cut her off. And I said, okay, that's okay. If you want to choose to have your education and your career come first, I understand that. We've been through a lot and that hurts me because of what we've been through. I understand it's okay and I wanted I was like but I'm done though I'm not gonna keep doing what we've been doing for two three four more years who knows how long it would be before you've got your career line set right and we could start something together because we've already been through four years yeah and I, I'm not doing this for another four yeah I'm not being happy you know life's too short for that right and so she didn't want us to break up but I made the decision I was like I I'm not happy so this is it, you know, and I moved on. And at the end of that relationship was actually when I had started drinking. Mm-hmm. And I think that was because I knew I wasn't happy. And I was trying to find a way out. 
without admitting that that was a way out. Right. And so I was drinking heavily. So, I mean, you remember we'd have poker nights and I'd come over with a whole bottle of whiskey and I'd yeah. drink three quarters of it by yeah. myself because no right. one else was drinking. And right. It was, it was kind of a dark time, I won't lie. I won't lie that drinking wasn't also sometimes fun. But <laughs> I, I'm glad that I'm over that because I think it would have been really dangerous for me to continue doing something like that with my life. But once that relationship ended... I won't lie, I was a mess for at least two weeks. Like it was, I remember. It was a tough two weeks. I remember. I was always pissed off. I was always sad. But I didn't drink because I knew that would be bad for me, worse for me. Yeah. Even though I was already feeling my crap. And I had a really great support system. I had you. Mm -hmm. I had Nick and Coulter. And I had Seth. And then I had my whole family behind me that called me every, every day. I had calls from all of you every day. Yeah. And it was amazing. And it really made me think, that it wasn't her that was making me happy. The things that were in my life that were making me happy, not to say she didn't bring some happiness to me, but the things that were making me happy was my friends and my family, right. the experiences I was living on my own, not necessarily with her. Right. And so I was like, this is great. Let's, let's go make a life out of this. I started dating around again after a few months. And I won't lie, dating's not fun. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Hard, <laughs> And so it kind of kind of fell off for a little while, and you could probably see my attitude just got way better, just living life, enjoying things that were coming to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I ended up leaving ARS before we actually broke up, too. But You left ARS before? Before me and her broke up. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were there still there for some reason. No, I left ARS, and I was starting my new job framing, uh -huh. which I felt was might have even been another step towards that breakup because I was starting to do things for myself. Right. I was like, I'm not in college. I didn't like it, but it's time to buck up and face life. Yeah. Even if I don't want to do college, I got to face life. Mm -hmm. And so I made a choice for myself and you know, I could go on and on about ARS and spend a whole hour talking about that. Right. I'm not gonna because <laughs> I just spent hours on that. But I wasn't happy at ARS. I wasn't getting enough out of it. I felt like I could do more. Even though I was doing a lot of ARS, at least it felt like yeah. I was. I wanted to get more out of what I was putting in. Right. So I moved to that new job and things started feeling good about it, you know? Even though it might not have been the best business to be working for at the time, I was happy doing what I was doing. Yeah. And so things just kind of changed for me drastically. Like you were saying, like, it was a period of life where I hit a really hard low. And instead of just sitting in it, stewing in it, I feel like I pushed myself to go up and make my life better, which I feel like, I mean, I don't know what people in Evanston think of me, but now I'm married. I go to church again. I have a career that I'm really happy with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the choices that I made are in fact, hypocritical of what I used to be. Yeah. But I think that's because I'm not who I used to be. A lot about me and my opinions on life and the world have changed and grew and so I don't think I'm the same person I was. And so although I can recognize that a lot of the decisions I made are hypocritical than what I used to believe, I think it's because I'm a different person almost entirely than who I was at that time. Right. In a sense, at least. Yeah. Know? So. No, I think I, I, one of the reasons why I asked the question I asked is when I was dating Jessica in high school, um, I, it, it, I was, I was blinded by it you know that was my first serious girlfriend um and like you know with your first serious girlfriend like you guys you know live together forever happily ever after kind of thing and um i was always the i'd make plans she'd cancel plan my, the plans that i made she'd cancel them doing out with her friends mm -hmm. and then i but i wouldn't be there so like i would make all these plans have like a really cool evening set up and then she'd be like oh hey my friends find me this i'm gonna go to this i'm like okay cool have fun like whatever i want you to have fun as much as whatever and like and it would happen 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 and like my dad saw he's like you're comp you're saying you're compromising but that's not what compromise is like compromising right. is you're doing one thing she you want to do one thing she wants to do another thing then you guys find the middle ground mm -hmm. like then you guys figure something out to do together like what you're doing is you're you want to do one thing she wants to do another thing so you do her thing like that's not what compromise is and i'm like okay whatever like you know I don't see it that way, but whatever. And then it kept happening, kept happening. She ended up breaking up with me. And 
I was, you know, I was a wreck and, and like, like you said, like I had, um, you know, I was living with Draper at the time mm-hmm. and then he was dating Abby, which wasn't the greatest because Abby's Jessica's sister. Mm-hmm. So like there wasn't a lot of, I couldn't express how frustrated I was because Abby was always there. And so I couldn't tell Draper, like, I do not, I, I cannot, especially when I found out the truth of what happened while I was on my mission, while I was at college, mm-hmm. like everything that was happening in Evanston while I was gone, mm-hmm. like it, it made me mad, furious. Right. And I couldn't express my frustration with those things. But I had um, a girl I actually ended up dating in college. Like she was a huge part. Um, her name's Maddie Case. I don't know if you, you never, I don't think I've ever talked to you about her, but she, I remember her calling me one time or I was, I was gone. I went MIA. I told my teachers I was sick and I, I went, I missed school for two weeks and right. I was still doing homework and stuff. So I could pass, but I wasn't going to class. I wasn't going to soccer practices. I was, I was in my room all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Like I was sad. And I remember Maddie calling me and she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just laying in bed. She goes, come hang out. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. She's like, no, come hang out. And I said, I'm fine. And she goes, this isn't me asking you. I'm telling you to come hang out. It's whether you drive down here or I drive up there and and yank you out. One way or another, you're coming down here and we're hanging out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fucking fine. <laughs> so get dressed, go down there. And I, I don't remember having, like that whole school year, I don't remember having as much fun as I did that night. Yeah. And like, like you said, like it's that support system of people. Like my, you know, your parents are always going to be there for you either, you know, and, but there are times where they're like, you have to just, they're like, keep your head up, bud. And you're like, you have to say that because you're my mom and dad. But like, that's the thing that I valued about my friends. And, and I imagine like people that you've mentioned, like with Nick, Coulter, Seth, like we're very, and me, we're very, very this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And like, look, this shit sucks. Yeah. But look at it, you know, look at it in the big picture. Like you were doing so much and receiving so little, right. like it makes most sense. You know, with me and Steph, that's what I, everyone was telling me, like you guys, you know, we get, it was a give and take our whole relationship, but at the end of the day, it made no sense. Yeah. Like what I wanted, I couldn't, I couldn't achieve. And like at the end of the day, no matter how attached I was, like you guys, that support system <clears throat> was extremely important because like, I'm just like, no, I made the wrong choice. And you're like, you can think that, but here are the facts. Here is what, it, it's hard for you to hear, but this is the truth. Yeah. You know, and I went, when Jen, you know, when you broke up with Jenna, mm-hmm. like that was something that, you know, we went golfing the next day yeah. and we talked it out and like we were always in conversation. And when I broke up with Steph, like you were, you took me golfing and like we were in constant conversation and we were always like kind of, you were saying, well, this, 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 and I was always being honest with you. And then I, it kind of the roles flip where I was it like, did. well, this, this, and you're like, I remember being very blunt with you and being worried I was going to hurt your feelings, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, that's a thing, but I think that's toot my own horn that's so great about me because people can basically just tell me whatever they think mm-hmm. and then I can be like thanks yeah. and like I don't think anything less of it unless they're just doing it out of just complete spite yeah. of like they don't know me and they're talking shit like that bothers me and then that's a whole other level yeah. but when I have that relationship with somebody and they have like look here are the facts like it just didn't make sense like yeah. you may feel this way but it's the best option in the long run yeah. like being blunt is far better than you thinking what, what he's saying is a bad idea, but I have to let him do it. Mm-hmm. Like being blunt is far more, you know, it, it's far more beneficial yeah. than anything. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, you know, that whole situation and the, the way you turned your life around, I kind of, kind of find interesting because you going through high school and then leaving high school, mm-hmm. you were pretty, against not necessarily against the church or anti-church um but but you were not yeah i wasn't no um and i have friends and that you that you know and that were believers all the way up and then when they became an adult they're kind of like looking back and be like "Mm, maybe i don't believe Mm -hmm. um so what was that kind of conversion process like to kind of um, find your way back and thinking okay like this is 
I was raised in this. I didn't believe in it. And I had to, whether you go through trials, like what is that conversion process like for you yeah. um, from three years ago to now? So, I mean, growing up in the church, I didn't like people were telling me what I was going to be. You're going to be a missionary. Mm. You're going to be a dad of a big family. You know, people tell, not necessarily my family is telling me that, but people, people in the church tell you that. And they tell you yeah. what they want you to be. They tell you how you should act. And although I think there are good morals that come along with the church, there was such a negative connotation of this is what you're supposed to be. And if you're not it, you're a terrible person. You know? Yeah. And so it was easier for me in high school to just put on a face and say, I'll be that person for you. If anyone who really knows me, I really wasn't. I mean, I was a good person, but I wasn't a good LDS kid, honestly. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was putting on a face to all my teachers, to the people in my church, to my family even, of I'll be that for you because it's just easier. Well, and in a small community where everyone knows everybody. Yeah. Like... It is, it, for a sense, it is easier in that sense, yeah. It is, and I just, I put that on, and then I got to college, and no one was making me go to church anymore. No one was making me go to seminary or, or institute or anything like that. Right. And I started taking classes that were very scientific-based, you know, and I got really into, this stuff makes more sense than anything I learned in church. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that, there is a whole logical part of science that makes so much oh, yeah. everything. For sure. And so I was very like agnostic that I was like, you know, I'm not going to say there isn't because there could be a God, there could be something out something there, something out there, but I don't know. Right. But this stuff that I'm seeing in classes in life, I do know. I can see it. I can touch it. I can, you know. Right. And so I was very like, no way. I'm not. I'm not about it. I'm not going to go to church and all these things. And I think it took the ending of that relationship and like a super low point in my life, drinking all these things to be almost like a shaking me awake kind of a deal because it was hard, man. I was going through some hard stuff. I was not happy. I was really lost. Yeah. To put it plainly, I was lost. I had discussions with my parents and my brothers about my opinions on things, which I still differ from my whole family on lots of things. But some of the things they were saying just felt right. And so one day my mom told me I should try and go to church again. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> right. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm missing something because I don't have it. And maybe I should go try and find it. And so I didn't necessarily think it was church, but I started lo and behold, praying for anything to talk to me, anything to answer me. And I felt like I was getting different impressions almost, you know, like feelings of things were right versus what was wrong, you know, getting my own, getting my morals back almost of what I should be doing with my life or with other people. Not to say I didn't feel like I was being a good person to other people, but I didn't think I was a good person to myself. Right. And letting other people take advantage of me and whatnot. But... So I kind of started doing things to try and be better for myself. And one day at work, when I was working at this new company, my boss had an argument with one of our brand new employees who was, they were both LDS, but my boss didn't go on a mission. And he had very different views on what the church were than this other co-worker of mine who was very much the way that I grew up around like very strict this is how it should be this is who you should be this is what it is and if you're not this you're bad right whereas my boss interestingly enough had so many other opinions on what the church was what it should be how it should be perceived how people should respect it and love it in its own way versus what it seems to be you know and so I took that to heart I was like Maybe the church isn't what I thought it was for everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't have to be that way for me. And so I started studying scriptures again. I started going to church with that boss actually a couple times just to like go and feel what other people might be feeling. And I felt like I was starting to. Things were so much different when I was trying for myself than trying for other people. Yeah. 
And it was amazing because I was like, wow, maybe the church isn't exactly perfect. But then again, according to what the church says, nothing in this planet is perfect because that's where, you know, Jesus makes up right. for us. And so I was like, well, maybe the church isn't perfect, but maybe it's the best I can get. That's what I rolled with. I was like, maybe it's not perfect. Maybe I never thought it was perfect, but maybe it doesn't have to be because maybe it's just the best I can get for myself. Maybe it's the best I can get for my life. Mm. And so I started going to church a lot more regularly. I eventually ended up going to my YSA ward, which was the ward my wife was in. But right. I didn't know that she was in or anything because I hadn't even gone until I'd actually met her beforehand with a bunch of her friends and they invited me to kind of come to like some activities and then eventually to church with them. Her and her friend group did. And just having people like that around you that aren't judgmental and aren't trivial over your life right. was so amazing. I was like, wow, this is, this is something I can be happy with. You know, it doesn't mean that everything is perfect about the church. Maybe not even everything about the gospel is perfect, but I feel like it's dang good. Yeah. For me. Right. It makes me happy when I pray and I feel like I'm getting a good feeling in myself, you know, about answers, about life. And so even though I still can't say my testimony is 100%, everything is true, everything is real because I, I'm not like that, but it's dang good for me and it's dang near what I need. It's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And it turned my life around, you know? Yeah, I... I had this conversation with one of my neighbors the other day and it's about like when people like bear their testimonies, like I know the church is true and I know this and I know that. And I go, there's nothing wrong with that statement. Mm -hmm. You know, people feel different things. I, I think on a realistic standpoint, there's so much in this world that it's hard. I think it's hard for you to know 100% that this is this. Now you can be almost fairly certain but like about, but there, but really in anything in life, you can't hundred percent for sure know this one thing. Mm -hmm. I think there's always, it, that's the way life is. Like there's always some sort of variable of, okay, like I know this is right, but if this were to be introduced into it, could it mess something up? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I'm a firm believer that the gospel is perfect and the people in the gospel are beyond or are far, far from. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes that's what makes the church appear not perfect mm -hmm. is because there are flawed people in, right. you know, right. I think a lot of things that the gospel teaches, whether I, whether I agree with it or not, I think they are principles that I understand why they're principles mm -hmm. and why, why we are recommended to follow said principles. Right. Um, you know, I'm kind of in that same boat where I, I, you know, I am, uh, you know, the, the, the word of wisdom, for example, like there's, there is like having a glass, glass of wine before bed every night is actually good for your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're told not to drink wine mm -hmm. and there is, okay, I can understand that. Like, you know, some people may not agree with that aspect of like, well, if I have a glass, like if my heart gets better, I'm doing something good for me. then like, why can't I do that? Mm -hmm. And, but there is a purpose it, it, you know, the, the principles are set up are for, you know, essentially the weakest link. Right. And sometimes a sip of wine for some people is detrimental. Mm -hmm. So you avoid it at all, at all costs. So then you also run into issues with hypocrite, like hypocrite, oh, yeah. you know, people calling you a hypocrite because, um, in the Bible, in the old Testament, all that stuff, people are drinking wine, you know, people that are a part of this religion are drinking wine Yeah, who we claim to be a part of this religion. And people are like, well, if they can do it, why can't you do it? You know? Right. But that's not to say that the same wine is this same wine, you know? Right. There's things that changes in life. There's aspects of the world that become new that change what yeah. principles should be lived upon, you know? Mm -hmm. Just because people in, let's say, the uh, like um, American Revolution period own slaves, just because that's something that they were doing at the time doesn't mean that we own slaves now, you know? Right. Yeah. Things does, it make, does it make it right? People learn. People right. change. People, like, things change in the world. So, yeah. like, people can say that, but then again, we're not living the same ways as we were back then anyway. So, why would we have to do the exact same things now? Right. Not yeah. to say we don't do a lot of the same things now, but... Yeah. And so, that I think that's, you know, that is interesting. That's something that I try to do is, is I try to allow... 
that ability to not let of the ability to keep an open mind and understand people are coming from different places Mm -hmm. and to keep that up to always keep that in mind because i think a lot of people you know this might be your example of like the church says x y and z Mm -hmm. and maybe you do x and z but why you're unsure of now you're a bad person Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people out there that be like if you don't do x y and z then you're then you're not good enough and you're and i go why might be hard for a lot of people Mm And like, that's your own internal battles, it's your own internal struggles. And like, you've got to be able to provide support where you need that support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Absolutely. if, if, if I were the way that, you know, some of the people that I, some people that I've met in the, in the church, if I was that same way and you're going through you, we wouldn't be friends. Right. You know, you would have gone on this drinking. I'd be like, I can't support what you're doing and I can't be a part of this, mm-hmm. but I would much rather you much rather me be a part of your life and give you some sort of spiritual guidance. Even if you don't believe what I'm saying, I can give you that guidance and I can help you feel the spirit and keep you from drinking yourself to death Mm -hmm. rather than just kick you to the curb and be like, I'm out. I I can't do it. I can't deal with you. Um, I I think it's a much, I think that's, you know, there's a better and best, like a good, better, best. And like, you know, it may not be the perfect solution, but I'd much rather be there for people who are struggling and don't necessarily believe in the same things I believe in mm-hmm. than push them aside and be like, I don't care about you anymore. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, one of the things I came wanting to ask you is, um, you know, I've always tried to live my life, even when I was in dark times, even when I was not LDS or whatever, I've always tried to be a good person. That was always my core value is be a good person to other people, be a good person to other people. And I know I failed at that many times even though I've tried to live by that. I think I failed at that in high school when I probably thought I was the nicest. And I know I fail at it now, even though I still think I'm a really good person mm-hmm. and try to treat people well, I still think I fail at that. And it's something I think, I'm sure you fail at too, but I think you're really good at is treating people kindly, treating people fairly, no matter what. And I just wanted to ask how you s- suggest people should do that, how you think you do that, you know? How, how I do it is... Yeah, I t- try to take a, st- take a step back and understand where people come from. Like my background isn't the same as your background, which mm-hmm. isn't the same as Damien's background, which isn't the same as Joe Schmo's background. I try to realize that like we all come from different places and we're all taught different things. Right. Um, like that's what I had. To, and I had to learn this fairly later. Like I didn't always, I wasn't always this, this type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of, not necessarily lost a lot of friends, but I lost relationships that I could have had close relationships with because of that th- kind of thinking of like, you don't believe what I believe, so I can't associate with you. Right. And yeah, I, know what you mean. I realized how detrimental it was, not only for the, the other person, because they may not have, I could have been a support system that for them that they needed, mm-hmm. and I just closed myself off to it, or they could have been a support system to me that I needed, but because I've pushed them away, they won't help me. Mm-hmm. And I, and really, uh, it was after probably uh, Maddie Case, the girl I dated in college, where um, I made I made dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. I don't regret much in my life. Uh, I do regret how I played the ending of mine and Maddie's relationship. And if I, I wish I could do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a, a friend of mine that reached out. She was going through a really hard time. I think her sister just passed away. She was going through a really hard time and she dated Cole Rebelli. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was like, Cole's on his mission. There was kind of some issues between there where they couldn't talk. And so she just reached out to me and said, look, I'm going to this. And we were talking back and forth. I was kind of, Hey, everything's gonna be okay. Blah, blah, blah. But like, when Maddie was coming around, like I was like hiding stuff. I just played it wrong. Mm-hmm. But when we broke up, I realized how much I cared and loved Maddie. Mm-hmm. And even though we came from different worlds, like that's where I think that's where that change started to happen. Where I was like, I don't care. I don't care which, I don't care where you came from. I don't care that we don't necessarily dis- disagree or whatnot, but we're close. We're friends. Like we dated, like we're, we're very close to one another and like I care about you and I always want to care about you. And to this day, like I would do anything for her. Now, I don't know if she would do the same for me. I have no idea, but I would do anything. If she were to call me up today and say, I'm going through this hard problem and I need to talk to somebody, I'd be there for her. And that's where that change started to happen of like, this person came from a whole different world. And I 
got to kind of be accepting of that because I want her in my life. And then I realized, oh, there's a lot of people around me that are like that. Mm -hmm. And that's where that kind of changed. And being able to take a step back and seeing that there is a lot of beauty in, in difference. Like there's a lot of, you know, we bring a lot of, everybody brings a lot to the table and to exclude an entire group of people because you don't necessarily see eye to eye to them, I think is really small minded. Yeah. And I think the most growth I've ever gotten from people is people that are different from me. Oh, hundred percent. And like, I can have those conversations of like, this is why I believe what I believe. And you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily agree with me in that aspect, but like, if you and I can sit down, we can have an open and honest conversation about why I believe what I what I believe, and you can tell me what you believe, and we can see from we can see from each other's point of view. Mm-hmm. I feel that's far more far more productive, and I think it's beneficial to friendships mm-hmm. because I can, I now can respect what you believe, and you can respect what I believe, and we won't step on we 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 don't cross that line as friends. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's I I've gone through a lot of stuff and. I realized I didn't in my life with my mom being sick and me getting hit by the car and whether it's breakups or whatever it is. And I, I don't want the feeling of, I want to, like, I don't want that feeling to ever come over me where I'm like, I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Like I can't turn to anybody and I I don't want that feeling. Right. And I, and if I don't want that feeling, I certainly know that other people don't want that feeling. And so I want to be that person. Like if, shit hits the fan and you need to call me if you have no one else to call i want you to be able to be like you know what i can call ben yeah and ben will drop whatever he's doing he'll help me out or we will figure ben will figure something out to to lift my spirits or whatever it is mm-hmm. like i want to be that guy and that really changed when i was about i guess about 18 19 years old where i was like i want to be that guy that people can turn to yeah. and that's kind of where that sparked from and i don't tell people that they need to live like that but i try to show that of like Lead by example. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, with you, I just, it's just like, look, I can, he's going through a shitty time. Let's just go golfing. And we don't talk, we didn't talk about Jenna. We talked, we, we didn't talk about Jenna until the very, very end. We were like, I appreciate this, man. I'm going, and then we kind of like that ninth hole, we really didn't play golf that ninth hole. Mm-hmm. Like we just drove and hit the ball and talked. Mm-hmm. But like the first eight, we were just talking about, we we're just playing golf and having fun and laughing and enjoying ourselves. And then that last hole, you were like, I didn't want to talk about this. And then we were able to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's the important part is just being there yeah. for people. You've that, been, a, you've been one of my greatest friends ever since I met you. And I mean, you were in my, you were one of my girls when you were yeah. in my mind. And Which, I wanted to eat that Damien Kyle. <laughs> I'm the best. I wanted to ask you because you have so many friends from, so many different backgrounds. I mean, I feel like a lot of people do, but I wanted to ask you personally, what makes someone a friend to you? You know, what makes someone, Oh, what makes someone that yeah. kind of a person to you? Because I know you said that most of your friends right now are ex ARS employees, but I know they're not all. No, not all. And I know that all the ex ARS employees aren't all your friends either. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't trust people very easily. Yeah. I have a really hard time with that. Um, since, my high school relationship and how that blew up in my face. Yeah. I don't trust people. And it takes a lot to, uh, it takes a lot for me to be able to let people know. And I'll be there for people and I'll conversate and do whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can make friends, but for me to, I consider you a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to be able to do that, like we've got to go through, we got to go through some shit. I mean, we went through literal shit. Yeah, like all the actual time. Actual shit. All the time. <laughs> and, and like, I, I don't think I was, I don't think, very rarely am I the vulnerable person first. Yeah. Very rarely, unless it's you know, Brayden and Kyle. Uh, Brayden, you know Kyle. I don't think you do. Those are the only two people I can think of at the top of my head where I was vulnerable first, and it was out of a fit of rage. Mm-hmm. Um. And they, they were the ones where they're like, holy, sh- okay, <laughs> he needs, like, we need to pull him out of this situation. We, like, that's probably the only two people. But, I mean, you and I, like, you came to me 
and talk, we started talking about the gospel. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a tough topic for him. And then I realized that you can trust me. I know I can trust you. Yeah. Now I can, I always, you know, with us working together, I can trust you to do your job, which helps. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I feel like I'm a very trust, trusting, like a trustful person. Like I feel like people can trust me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always have those doubts in my head. But the moment someone comes to me about something being vulnerable, um, like that's where I feel like, um, that's where that clicks. Yeah. You know, there are very few friends. Draper's was one of the first people I met in Evanston and it kind of just clicked that way. Yeah. But Draper's been vulnerable with me. I've been vulnerable with Draper. And, um, you know, but I don't, that's what makes a friend to me is if, is you've got to be able to have trust someone to be vulnerable. Like you've got, and if I can, if I don't feel like I can be vulnerable around you, and I don't feel like I can trust you that I can say something and you won't go tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like I don't can, I can consider you acquaintance. I can consider you someone that I know and that I can be cordial with you, but I wouldn't. Cons- I can't consider you a friend. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. And that's the thing for me that I think uh, is the big thing is I just I've got to be able to trust someone and be trust someone that when I am vulnerable, that they won't either take advantage of it or they won't just push it off to the side. Right. And I, I think that's a big part of of being having that friendship. Yeah. Now, I feel like I have got a very s- strict policy for being friends. But like, what a, for you? Let me just kind of flip that question back on you. Like, what's that? What's that for you? Like, what what do you yeah. consider a friend? That's I definitely differ from you because I am open with people. Quite often. Far too. I, far too. <laughs> I, I've been pretty pretty open with people. Like, even when I first meet them, I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you all about my life. You know, I'll tell you what I've been through. But when it comes to friends, I think it's people that have a give and take for me. Because I can give and I can give and I can give. I do it all the time. Right. I did it for four years with Jenna. Like, we talked yeah. about I gave. But people who are willing to give back to me are the people that are my friends. Like actual friends, I'm friends with everyone, but like a like a legit you and me are friends, and I would do anything for you kind of people are the people that do stuff for me, not because I ask them to, but because they want to, mm-hmm. not because I ask them to, but because they see I need them to. And you've done that for me. Seth's done that for me. Coulter's done that for me. Your brother's done that for me. People that'll come to me and tell me what I need to hear, even if I don't want to hear it. People that'll do things for me. When I didn't want them to, even though I needed them to, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what really makes someone a friend to me. And it's kind of hard because not a lot of people want to give unless they're getting, which is a sad thing to think about the world. You know, people right. don't want to give unless they're getting, but I think I have a lot of friends that even if I wasn't giving, they'd be giving too. They'd be giving before I even gave, you know? So that's, that's what I think it's. So on this topic of friends, I want to talk about your best friend, your uh, wife. My wife? Your wife. My wife's awesome, man. You met your wife, like I said, through the YSA. You guys lived in the same complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've known you with Jenna. I've known you single. I've known you with um, Autumn. Nope, I was going to say Summer to make fun of her name. <laughs> Damn it. But I said her actual name. I'm like trying to pick a season. I don't know. I'm like, I got one. I got the perfect one. Autumn. Her name is Autumn. Um, um, and you, you like you mentioned, you fall in love fast. Yeah, I do. And you, it's interesting from the outside looking in because um, Autumn is, Autumn's great. I love Autumn. She's very go with the flow, mm-hmm. and she's um, she kind of just fits in really. And you like when we when we're together with Nick and them, mm-hmm. like she fits in. And then if she's over with like Isaac and Bennett, like she just mm-hmm. kind of fits in that situation, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And um, I was worried because like you've just gone through a serious relationship, and like you just found this girl, and you're like I'm hooked, and I'm like, jeez. Okay. Yeah. And everyone was. <laughs> and you guys dated, and you're like this, this, this girl, this girl, this, this, this. I'm okay. And then there was a portion where you guys kind of broke up. Broke up? Would you say break up? It was a, it take was a break. Weird. Here's 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 kind of what happened. 
I met her at the hot tub in my apartment complex immediately as like this woman is hot. <laughs> she is so funny and she is so enthusiastic about everything. She's awesome. She's mm-hmm. so cool. And every one of her friends there and her knew that I was immediately crazy for her. Right. She friend zoned me so many times. <laughs> so many times. She did not want to date me in the least at all. Didn't care. And then we became really, really close friends because she didn't want to date me, but I still was super into her. Right. And so we did all kinds of things together. And then all of a sudden, I think she just had something change where she was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And we dated for three days. And she dumped me (laughs) on the third day because she said this is too much for her. She's been through a lot in her life. And she was like, this is too much for me. I'm done. And so, yeah, yeah, we took a break. Not even a break. I thought it was a break at first. And then I realized she was done with me. Uh-huh. That's She was full intent on just being done forever. But I stayed friends with her. So, like, even if you're done with me, as much as it hurts, and that hurt, kind of weird to say, but that hurt after dating her for three days more than it hurt breaking up with Jenna after four years. Uh-huh. And that might just be because of the timing of when me and Jenna broke up. You know, we weren't in a good place anyways. Right. But that hurt really bad. And I was pissed but I didn't show it near as much as I did in that first relationship because I didn't want her to know that I was pissed I was sad I was right. angry and so we just stayed friends for probably another month or two and then we actually started dating again and things worked out really well that time that's the that was the part that got me more than anything was you fought mm-hmm. like you you fought for her um and that's a special thing I feel like like if you can find somebody that you can find somebody, fall in love, be happy, and you know, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But when conflict hits, how do you react? Mm-hmm. And being able to find someone that, I mean, you come to, you, you come to a part where, you know, she she comes from a certain background, you come from a certain background, and she has concerns, and and you're trying to like overcome those concerns and be there for her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think it's just easier if we you know, go our ways and then you still fighting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I kind of realized that's where I, that's where I saw the change in you, in your personality was like, I think Ethan three weeks ago would have been like, all right, cool. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And like, it changed so fast when you broke the Janet when you, when you started to date autumn, mm-hmm. it's like, that personality shift of like, no, 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 like this is something that's worth fighting for and I'll fight for it until she just like no longer talks or whatever it is, but like something I want to fight for. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it, what is it meant to you to have, you know, you have something worth fighting for. What is it meant to you to have something like that in your life that you now see every single day? It has been the hardest thing ever <laughs> because she has pushed me to be such a different person than I ever thought I was. I've communicated in the healthiest way ever with her. We have such a great give and take, such a great way to communicate to each other. And I didn't know I could communicate to someone like that. When I would fight with Jenna, I would hold it in and I'd just get angry and angry and like never talk about it. If she notices I'm even upset about anything, even if it's not to do with her, she sits me down and she makes me talk to her about it no matter what it is. Even if I tell her something she doesn't want to hear, which I have multiple times, she makes me tell her so that she can overcome that for me. So we have a great way of, we're not happy with each other at the moment. So how do we make each other happy? You know? Right. We have this thing that her therapist actually recommended for her. And we love it where we sit down at least once a week, try and do it every day, but you know, days are days. Right. We try and do it every week where we ask each other, what can I do for you? How are you feeling? Doesn't matter what it's about. If it's about us, if it's about work, if it's about her schooling, if it's about our dogs, because she knows our dogs drive me nuts sometimes. (laughs) But we try and figure each other out every single week because if you're not trying to learn about each other, no matter even if it's, you already know everything about each other, if you're not trying to learn about each other's day, then how do you know you actually care? Right. If you're not trying to always be moving forward with each other. Yeah. You know? And so it's meant so much to me to have someone in my life that truly cares about how I feel, how I think, 
how my day was. Any little thing in my life, she cares no matter what. And it's been so encouraging to me in every aspect of life. She's supported me in everything, and it's amazing. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate us being able to sit down and talk. Um, It was a good time. I, I feel like I got to, again, I got to learn a lot more about you and we don't have these conversations often mm-hmm. and it's nice to be able to sit down and yeah. open it up and just kind of get deep a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, Come me again sometime. I, I can talk to you about anything. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> it's the thing about with all these, fr- these first couple yeah. of like deep, you know, whoever this is for, whoever's listening, my, and then who's ever listening now and in the future, like these are like the first time. That they're hearing about this about you or mm-hmm. about Thane about my brother this is the first time they're hearing about it mm-hmm. and so like I kind of want to just be able to, like this is this is that person like, this is who this person is mm-hmm. and then I want to kind of be able to like open up a little bit and be like so this is the person this is the person's life story this is how it is but like this is how me and this person interact mm-hmm. almost on a daily basis mm-hmm. so I do kind of want to make the rounds again yeah kind of go through be super fun. and this time I got just... I got questions I still want to ask them. <laughs> with, like all these questions like I'm so many things but then we just started talking so much i'm like oh, oh yeah no yeah keep keep the questions we'll we'll for sure talk about them um to end it you know you know how it ends one piece of life advice that you could give whoever's listening right now to have a happy successful life according to ethan johnson take it away my piece of advice like we've already talked about is to be a good person which you know i can say that but what does that mean I think the key to being a good person and the key to life even is communication because like I was just saying with my wife if you're not going to talk to someone to try and figure more out about them or figure out what they're thinking what they're feeling you're not ever going to know and that's not anything you're going to be able to go back and be like hey what were you thinking this one time if you're never going to see that person again or whatever you know and so I feel like a lot of people regret things because they don't want to say things they don't want to learn things So if you're not willing to communicate to yourself, even to people around you, to your boss, whatever it is, you're not going to learn what what you need to know. And to be a good person means to learn about people and learn what they need, learn how to treat them, learn how they're going to treat you. And so I think being a good person and learning to communicate to do that is something that'll make your life way better. Awesome, man. I appreciate it again. And we'll do this again, my guy. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, man.